1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of knocking doors down. Go to 5150ltm.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51fiftyltm.com.
2: They always kept us on the right track. They always let us know that, hey, like you can either go on the right path or you can go on a a bad path. If you go on a bad path, this is where it's going to lead you.
3: This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast, featuring celebrities, experts, and everyday people who have overcome adversities, including addiction, mental health, and trauma to live purposeful lives. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. Jesse Woji, thanks for joining me on Knocking Doors Down.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
3: For those who don't know, of course Jesse, uh, NASCAR driver, Xfinity Series, teamed up with Emmett Smith to start a team this year. Was Emmett trying to push for number twenty-two on the car instead of thirty-four? or Did you have <laughs> to fight him out on that?
2: No, I, yeah, he definitely wanted the twenty-two. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, Penske they they have that number. They own that number, even though they're not using it uh, this year. It's still their number. You know, they're I, they're at some point though they might use it once or twice this year. They might not use it at all or they might have a driver next year who can run it full-time. I'm not sure. We tried to get it, (laughs) but when that wasn't going to happen, we wanted to find another number that had some significance. So uh, we went with the 34 because um, you know, Wendell Scott, that was the number he ran. He's the first African-American driver uh, to race in the NASCAR Cup Series and the first African-American driver to win a race in the Cup Series. So we wanted to run his number so that we could uh, honor him and his legacy and everything he did to pave way for minorities uh, in the sport.
3: Absolutely. And and I just think your story is, is so fascinating. Your your parents, of course, are immigrants from Nigeria and there's, you know, I I would love to talk with them, especially in person. They just sound like the most fascinating people, but did you find growing up, did you have any sort of, because of your parents becoming immigrants? I mean, they're very well-educated, very smart people, just phenomenal individuals, but was there any challenges for you in your youth or that your parents maybe shared um, that, Helped you propel yourself in life because Jesse's a go-getter, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. All the stuff that you're a part of,
2: yeah. um, Both of my parents, um, you know, they they both grinded um, ever since we were little, so that they could continue to build our lives. And I think by us seeing them constantly putting uh, in a lot of hours in at work, you know, grinding to do all the right things, you know, even you know making sure that we were always doing the right things. Like if we slipped up, we we felt it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And, and, but they always kept us on the right track. They they always let us know that, Hey, like you can either go on the right path or you can go on a a bad path. If you go on a bad path, this is where it's going to lead you, you know? And they would, constantly remind us of that um you know they they never let us settle for bad grades you know they they always you know through elementary middle school all that stuff um they wanted us to always make a's like a, if you made if you had a b in any class that was like a fail like i was an f it might as well be an f um, like yeah like, like my parents literally were the type where it's like you know if you got a if you got a 97 on a test you know you'd probably be like yeah i got 97 they'd be like okay, what, what happened to the other three points? <laughs> 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 yeah, like, we're, we're just magically disappear, you know? So um, they, they always push us to make good grades, do the right things, and, and just stay on the right path. So um, by us seeing their efforts, and then their efforts turned into things, right? They put in a lot of hard work, a lot of hours um, working and, and constantly trying to level up in their occupations. And while doing that, we saw the level up. We went from living in government subsidized uh, housing when I was real, real little, like, you know, my first couple, uh, my first three, four years alive, five maybe um and then uh then we moved into our own house uh one-story house and then from there to our first two-story home and then a bigger house and so everything got bigger and better as time went on but we saw that that wasn't just happening by them sitting around that happened by them going out and make constantly just moving and grooving and making things happen so um we learned from that
3: was there a presence along with your parents talking about you know staying focused but educating you because you have a sister and two brothers am i correct on that
2: yeah, 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 I'm the oldest of four. So um, it's me. Uh, then I have two younger brothers and one sister who's uh, the youngest of all of us.
3: Did, did they bring up uh, the awareness about the dangers of things like drugs, alcohol and things of that in the home as well that that hits so many youth that really derails? I mean, I'm that's that's why I yeah. do what I do
2: now, because it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say they, they didn't never really sat us down and talked to us specifically about that stuff It's more of encompassing like what was bad was bad so drugs alcohol abuse uh you know getting in you know getting in trouble through like violent manners or you know fighting or um you know stealing or you know whatever it is all the stuff that can get you locked up um all that stuff it is all encompasses like bad like not good at all and any potential thing that could be a gateway towards going down that path they 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 nipped in the butt like as quick as possible when i say anything gateway even just just minute very very minute things that a lot of people can get away with now like they just didn't they didn't let us like it no sliding on nothing (laughs) um so they kept us like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on track. <laughs> right. um, and, and I think that helped us not go down those paths, right? Because it's a slippery slope. You know, like uh, I think nowadays, a lot of parents. Um, you know, they're super, super lenient with their kids. They're like, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. You can go sleep, sleep over at Billy's and Johnny's or whatever. They don't even know Billy and Johnny. They don't even know their parents. They don't even know that house. Like, what if the house that you're letting your kid go sleep over at is a house that's going to start putting, uh, a, a household that's going to start putting bad thoughts, starting your kid down a bad path because they're seeing this other side. You know, it's just like the whole Adam and Eve. When Eve's you know, went into the, the wrong part of the garden and decided to bite that apple from that tree, like it changed everything. Like, but it, it if, if if something wasn't tempting her to do that, then all of a sudden that would have never happened. You never know who that bad seed is, who that bad apple is that's gonna start derailing your child. It could be happening at school, it could be happening with their friendships, or it could be something on TV, the internet, whatever it is. Um, you gotta kind of keep a tight grip. And it's not that you gotta micromanage your kids, it's just you gotta just be very aware of what's going on. And sometimes just it's just tough love you just feel like no you're not going to go sleep over it we never got to sleep over at anyone's house (laughs) (laughs) like throughout our entire childhood and as much as we were like why can't we every other kid can do it my parents had had a reason they were like we see what happens to a lot of these other people who live around us um and you're not that's not going to happen to y'all so sorry but you're staying home you know and i'm glad because i'm i'm doing Doing all right. <laughs> you're
3: doing pretty awesome, there, brother. Um, and you bring up a good point. People that uh, that I talk to now that maybe are worried about things with their kids, especially teenagers, in counseling them. And you nailed it: is be up in your kids' business. They're you're not there. To
2: yeah, exactly, they're their parent. Exactly. It's it's almost like, I mean, as much as people don't want to hear it, it's like, it is in a way kind of like running a business, you know, like if you're, if you're the owner of a company or whatever, you can't just be best buddies and friends with all your employees because you're never going to get anything done. People are going to, they're going to find a way to walk all over you and it's just human nature. It's just going to happen. So it's, there has to be a line. It's the same way in the military as well. You got, you got your, your commanders and then you have the people who work for them. Right. And you, you, you got to be compassionate and you have to be understanding of them, learn your people, understand. Your people, but at the same time, too, that line can that, that whole line can never be crossed. You are never their friend. You are the person to guide them to be the best they can possibly be, whatever the cost is. Um, it's just that's how you got to be if you want them to succeed. If, if you want to be their best friend, then you're going to go through what happens when you try to be someone's best friend that is supposed to be someone you're supposed to be teaching.
3: I wish the military would have accepted me after high school.
2: Uh, <laughs> but uh, speaking
3: of, you, I mean, you were a standout athlete you know, all the way up through college track, football. Um, how did the military come about? Where was that conscious decision for you?
2: Uh, for me, uh, I got recruited by the Naval Academy to play football for them. So um, as I was you know, going through middle school, high school, I was working on getting better and better and better at football because I had a big goal and dream to go off to college and play college football. So by ninth grade, I already knew that I wanted to go play college football. So I started doing what was necessary to get there um, while all the other kids were going and hanging out and going to movies and doing this and that and chasing girls and whatever else they were doing, drinking, blah, 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 all that stupid stuff. I focused on football, right? Because uh, going and doing all the stuff they were doing wasn't going to get me to college to go play college sports. Um, what was going to get me there because I was someone who was way behind on football. I'd never played wee or anything. So I was like way, way behind. Mm-hmm. I focused on football. Uh, fine tuning my skills. I would work out harder. I'd work out extra every single night as a ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader. Every night I was disciplined enough to do 100 hundred ups every night, do a hundred sit-ups every night, a hundred calf raises. I grab a football, lay in my bed, throw it up like as many times as I could catch it on this hand, do the same thing on this hand, um, work on, you know, my forearm strength so I could, and muscle memory so I could catch a football better. You know, I would study football film, um, watch different players that I wanted to be like, um, I would do all that stuff every single day and just focus on that instead of focusing on all the other stuff that was that could potentially derail me and I did that from an early age I was like 14 when I made those decisions to start working hard like that and I that's when I subconsciously learned that um, when you put a lot of action and effort and have faith in in something, um, all that energy that you're putting into the universe, that positive, that good, that focused energy, uh, the universe eventually rewards you for it. And it doesn't always happen immediately. Um, you know, I, was, I, I wasn't given an instant gratification. Like the first day I did 100 push-ups, on the next day I got a scholarship, you know, it took years. It took years of putting that grind in. But through those years, I started having more and more ups. And I had some ups and then I had some downs. And then I had some, but I stayed with it. And I kept on grinding. I kept on believing. I remember my senior year, I sent out like probably like a hundred tapes to all these different schools and only a few of them actually got back to me. But, um, the ones that got back to me was, uh, the ones I didn't even actually pick. Another one came out of nowhere, which was the Naval Academy. They are like, Hey, we like you. And I was like, well, I like you too. <laughs> 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 and then boom, there you go. And, and I, I decided to go to Naval Academy. So that's what got me into the military. Um, obviously went to the Naval Academy, got there in 2006, played football, ran track there all four years, uh, graduated in 2010 and became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. And as a surface warfare officer, I was on the ships, operating the ships, uh, going on deployments, I went on two different deployments with those ships, uh, went to the Arabian Gulf both times, spent a total of 15 months of my life um, out at actually way more, actually more than 15 months, but 15 months at least like Arabian Gulf <laughs> of my life uh, at sea and then spent a few more months uh, out out at sea around the US, um, but uh, did all that stuff. And in between that's when I uh, when I was coming home from all those underways, when I go back to San Diego, when I had free time on the weekends, you know, I'd go uh, take my personal cars to tracks. And that's kind of what led me towards getting this passion towards cars, which led me towards this passion towards wanting to become a professional race car driver, which led me towards eventually becoming a professional race car driver in NASCAR.
3: Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health, more energy, and to optimize my immune system. If you're like me, you hate popping pills, taking vitamins, well I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. No matter what your lifestyle is, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 can work for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Where did the, the, the love of cars start? Because of course, you know, most notably people will know you from the Xfinity series. Now you did the truck series, but I mean, you've raced everything where I met you briefly. You were racing an outlaw go-kart. You you do drifting, which I love those videos. Keep posting those on your Instagram. (laughs) Those are awesome. If I ever get down to San Diego, I have to hit you up because I've always wanted to ride along on a drift ride, but where did that passion start?
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, the passion for cars for me actually started when I was about five or six. I used to watch the show Night Rider with uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, he he was a main character in that. And that's what developed my my love for cars. Um, but I never thought I was going to become a pro driver or anything. I never even thought about that at all. Um, used to watch a little bit of NASCAR when I was a kid. Um, for some reason, um, if nothing else was on that I liked, like none of the cartoons or Power Rangers or anything like that, I would always, for some reason, turn on uh nascar i don't know why it wouldn't be football or anything like that it'd be nascar and randomly weird i don't know why i liked it but i i didn't i didn't i didn't have this crazy passion or love for it something just kept attracting me toward it. it was a really really weird thing now that i think about it anyways um Fast forward, got way more into football and focused on football, did the whole football thing. After football was over, I needed like the next exciting thing to do. And um, once I graduated college, you know, being an officer in the Navy, I was finally making some money. So I was like, okay, now that I'm, you know, getting a check every couple of weeks now and I have some money, I can go buy the car that I want. So I I bought a Dodge Challenger. I souped it up, made it like a thousand horsepower. I used to take it to the drag strip, drag race with it against people at the drag strip. Um, And then after doing that for a couple of years or so, I was like, okay, I like going fast, but going fast in a straight line is cool, but I want to go fast around corners. So I was like, okay, this Challenger is really big and heavy. You don't really want to take this to road course tracks. So let me go get a car that's like can actually handle. So I bought a Corvette, a C6 Z06 uh, Corvette. Very and um decided to start taking that to road course tracks and did these track days uh, you know do like one every two three four weeks or so and after a few of those like this is really really cool um for some odd reason i think i'm gonna fall in love with this whole track thing let me try to take this to the highest level possible so I, it was like four months or so after i did my first track day and also four months after i bought that corvette i just made the crazy decision that i wanted to become a pro driver. And I was sitting in my room one night and I just made the decision I wrote it on a whiteboard and that was it. I said, I'm going to become a pro driver. Didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do, but I made the decision. Then I started putting focus energy towards it every single day. Started thinking about it every day. Started writing down plans, goals, all that stuff. Started doing research online, trying to figure out how to do it. What gets people in, what gets gets people out, what keeps people in, all that stuff. I had to put it together because I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Just by doing nothing, actually reverted back to those ninth grade days. I'm like, I had a goal and a dream. What did I do in ninth grade when I wasn't good at football at all? What did I do to get to where I wanted to go? Like I, I started doing my research. I started doing extra things every single day. I started putting focus, energy towards something and taking action on a daily basis while fully, fully and insanely and obsessively <laughs> believing that I could make it happen. So I just applied those same concepts again to this racing thing. And that's what allowed me to start finding my way in. And it has not been easy at all. Not any year of it. I've had some goods and I've had some bads, um, even to this year, this year has probably been the roughest year I think I've ever had <laughs> it like started off like great, like we were making some great traction. We found yeah. partners, we did all that stuff and we did it in a very short period of time, went to the first race and had a pretty good run. The first day we got caught up in a little bit of a wreck and had to fix it in the pits, lost a couple laps, but whatever. Like we still got back out there and finished the race, but it still was like a solid start, like for this team coming together really quick. And then from there, things just went downhill. I mean, we had went to auto club speedway, had a mechanical issue with the fueling. We lost like 30 laps or so in the pits trying to fix that. Went to Vegas the very next weekend, the setup for the car was all off. Um, we ended up wrecking by the end of the race. Uh, went to Phoenix, didn't even qualify in, went to uh Atlanta, actually had a good run Atlanta, actually had a, yeah. even though we got almost caught actually kind of got caught up, actually we got caught up in two wrecks, got <laughs> right. past all that stuff and still finished lead lap. Um so that was going back up again. And then uh I can't remember whatever the race was at Dakota. After that, didn't qualify in. Went to um, a couple more races after that. We got into those races. I actually, since I, I'm owner and driver for the team, I get to step back from being a driver sometimes and help other people. So we put another driver in for a couple races. Um, he started helping us with the program a bit, and uh, we had some decent runs too with him, Kyle Weatherman. Uh, yeah. He's awesome. And uh, then from there, uh, what was the last race we just did? We just did. We just went to Talladega and didn't work out again. So. Um yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting year. uh the hardest year, toughest year, like probably emotionally and mentally for me in racing, like ever. Like I've never had to like experience all this. I've, every year I've raced, I've been able to like get in races and race um and you know, have some good races, have some bad races, but still just get some to, to race, right? This year it's been rough. So we will turn it around. <laughs> you but, will. It says about staying strong enough, long enough. That's the thing. What
3: is some advice that you might be able to lend to anyone that's, that's facing adverse situations? A lot of our audience, you know, tunes in for, you know, people that'll lend something mental health wise or, whatever it is, you know, I mean, you are, you're facing a a goal, a challenge that you're going after. And it's a huge struggle. I know for me, that first month or two of sobriety was, was really tough, but like you, I had to have a plan and I'm starting to do something now that I think you do vision boards, really getting it up there, putting it out there, seeing it daily that allows me to focus more on my goals and where I want to head. And Um, You said something that I too believe in, you know, if you look at science, we're all energy. So if you're putting certain energy into yourself and then out in the world and how things come back to you, and it's not always, you know, that instant snap either.
2: Yeah, no, it's very tough. Um, I would say, you know, know, for people going through whatever they're going through trying to accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish, one, you got to have a vision, you got to have a clear vision, seeing yourself uh, become whatever you're supposed to become or get to wherever you're supposed to get to. After you have that vision, you, gotta put, uh, you have to insanely um, and, and obsessively believe that you can make it happen. And um, you can't rely on anybody else to believe in, in you for it. Uh, you got to believe it for yourself because you were the only person who can see it for yourself. No one else was given that vision except you. Um, after you have that vision, you believe in it. Now you have to put action towards it every single day. Um, As you're putting action towards it on a daily basis, um, you're going through a tunnel and it can be a very dark tunnel, um, but your action, you're moving forward every single day. Sometimes you'll trip, sometimes you'll fall, sometimes you'll get stabbed, sometimes you'll get kicked, punched, thrown on the ground, bit, um, tried to, you know, some people might try to pull you backwards, back to the beginning, whatever it is you grinding on a daily basis, but as you're doing all this stuff, uh, you have to have faith, right? Because when you're going through that dark tunnel and you can't see the end anymore, a lot of people want to quit because they can't see it. But why would you quit when you saw it originally? Like it was, you already saw what it's supposed to look like. You've already been, basically it's already been put in your hand. So just because you can't see it anymore, doesn't mean it's not there. It's still there. You already saw it, right? It never, it's not disappearing. It's it's always going to be there. As long as you saw it, it's always going to be there. You just have to continue to have faith that, uh, whatever you want to accomplish is still there, even when it is completely pitch black and you can't see it anymore. That's where the faith comes in. As you're doing that, you're pushing forward. Um, you will get to the end as long as you stay strong enough, long enough.
3: Yeah. One of the sayings I hang on to, Jesse, is, uh, I, I didn't come this far to only come this far. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. already gone through the pain, you know why turn back? You already gone through okay. the pain. The pain's the pain's done. It's, you, when you go backwards, the pain, you don't life doesn't give you all the 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 good feeling again and be like, okay, all that pain you felt now that's gonna no. Like life's like, no, I still made you go through pain. So if you're gonna go backwards, every little bit you have to go back, you're gonna feel that pain again. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. <laughs>
3: absolutely well jesse i i I wish we had some more time man i really appreciate this out of your busy schedule if uh people want to know more on you the team i mean you know we didn't even get into the uh, philanthropic stuff that you're doing you do so much for for different charities especially veterans which uh thank you for that and uh but how can they find out more about uh about jesse
2: Yeah. um, If anyone wants to follow, they can just head on to, um, uh, I I have two websites. I have JesseWuji.com and JesseWujiMotorsports.com. If they don't know how to spell my name, it's J-E-S-S-E. Last name is I-W-U-J-I. If you can't remember how to spell it, go on Google, type in Navy NASCAR driver. I should be the only one that pops up (laughs) and um, you can find my name on there and you can follow me on all the social media channels from LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff. I'm on all of them, mainly on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, but um, follow me on there. If anyone has any questions, shoot me a message on there. Um, I get to all my messages um, when I can, Uh, not on every single day, but as much as I can. So if anyone has any questions or anything, any inquiries, whatever it is, reach out and uh, just uh, keep supporting the journey. Uh, we're going to keep grinding. we keep pushing forward no matter what happens.
3: Yes, sir. Continued success. And I'll be, uh, I'll be watching. I'll continue to watch some Xfinity series. And I'm looking forward to when you take that checkered flag in first place. Cause it's going to happen. One of these days
2: will be the sweetest thing ever.
3: <laughs> hey, well just know there's a guy in central California.
0: that will be jumping off the couch for you. All right.
1: While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors privacy is of the utmost importance to us for those wishing anonymity people places and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests this website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.